0: Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of ancient traditions. I'm Paul Bresson.
1: And I'm Jason Neeling. And in today's episode, we are talking about the Kansai region of Japan. So in our last episode, we talked about the Kanto region, the one that has Tokyo, which is the most populous and probably most popular destination for tourists. Today, the Kansai region is the second most popular populous and second most popular region for tourists. Now the Kansai region, also known as the Kinki region, is in central cent- central southern central region of the main island of Honshu. So you get on a bullet train from Tokyo, take it west, a couple hours, and you're in Kansai. So kind of the main center of the Kansai region is something called the Keihanshin area. And that's the urban region of the three cities of Osaka, Kobe, and Kyoto. So the character of the Kansai region has a lot to do with culture and history. So since it has a lot to do with history, let's let's start there. Does that sound good? Good place to start? Yeah. Okay. So let's go all the way back to the 700s AD. <laughs> And we'll talk about every single thing that has happened in Japan since then. How's that sound? Awesome. Just kidding. Maybe we'll do an episode like that someday, but I want to talk about some of the main stuff that happened in that region. So in 710 AD, Nara became the capital. Not long after that, the capital was moved to Kyoto, which was then known as Heian-kyo. And that was the capital of Japan for over a thousand years. So most people might think, oh, Tokyo. Tokyo is the capital of Japan, and seems like it has been for a pretty long time. Well, it has been the seat of power for a long time, but Kyoto was the capital of Japan for a huge part of Japanese history, and that really figures into their identity as a region. So even in the 1600s, when Edo became the seat of power for the Tokugawa shogunate, Kyoto was still technically the capital. Osaka, at the time, was a merchant city, And their population was less than 1% samurai, in contrast to Tokyo, or Edo at the time, which was almost half samurai. So that has a lot to do with the character of the regions as well. And that kind of shows in even modern times in their kind of regional rivalry. So like I said, Kyoto was the capital for over a thousand years, and the capital was finally moved to Edo when they changed their name to Tokyo in 1868 at the end of the Tokugawa shogunate at a time called the Meiji Restoration when the emperor was kind of restored to power in Japan. Does that sound right, Paul? Yeah. All right. So historically, Kanto was a region symbolic of standardization and you know sophistication and power because it was the seat of political power for the shogunate. But Kansai had more idiosyncrasies and sort of represented a counterculture to the Kanto region. So even these days, when you're talking about these two regions, a lot of times people will reference this rivalry between them, or just kind of that they are the antithesis of each other. They have very different characters. So for that reason, I think that Kansai is a a great place to visit on your first or second trip. Once you get a feel for Kanto a little bit, good idea to check out Kansai. Yeah, the people of Kansai...
0: Are known for their humor. Um, It's more of a working man type feel in the cities of the area, I think especially Osaka, Mm -hmm. Um, and definitely the center of traditional Japanese culture.
1: Yeah. You mentioned humor. I actually even read that these days most comedians in Japan come from Osaka (laughs) or that area. I've definitely heard that. Yeah. Um, I actually have a quote here, too, about kind of the difference between types of people from different parts of the country. So This is a quote from uh, Catherine Maxwell. She was the editor for the Omusubi newsletter from the Japan Foundation. She said, Kansai residents are seen as being pragmatic, entrepreneurial, down-to-earth, and possessing a strong sense of humor. Kanto people, on the other hand, are perceived as more sophisticated, reserved, and formal in keeping with Tokyo's history and modern status as the nation's capital and largest metropolis. Kind of sums it up pretty well, I think.
0: I think it does.
1: Yeah. Other words I've seen used to describe Kansai area people are irreverent, boisterous, outgoing, and casual. So I hope that gives an idea of kind of the attitude in that part of yeah, Japan. Yeah, a little bit of the flavor of uh, the cities
0: in this region.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, They also speak differently in that part of Japan. I mean, the whole area, there are a bunch of different dialects. And that whole group of dialects is known as Kansai-ben as a whole. Um, Another thing that the region is known for is delicious food. So we mentioned that this was a kind of a merchant city, Osaka was. And uh, you can still see that today. It's known for delicious food of all different sorts. Um, it's also the biggest sake-producing region in Japan. Another thing that the region is known for is baseball. Did you, did you read that, Paul?
0: Oh, yeah. Koshien Stadium is located in Osaka, definitely by far the most famous stadium in all of Japan, nice. where they play their high school baseball tournaments. Hmm. All the greatest players have been through there and all the kids pick up a little bit of dirt from the infield and put it in their pockets to bring it with them because it's the sacred dirt of Koshien.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, yeah, there there are two Nippon professional baseball teams in Kansai as well.
0: The Hanshin Tigers are my Japanese team, and they do play in Koshien.
1: Cool. What's the other team? Pop Quiz.
0: Uh, I don't remember. Well, I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun to try to quiz you. I know a lot of the teams, but I can't, I can't remember where they all are
1: off the top of my head. That's okay, Paul. I'll cut this part out. Or maybe I won't. All right. Are we, are we done with the general character of the yeah, region? I think
0: that gives a good idea for the character of the region. I think so, too. Now we can hop into, what are you going to see in some of these cities? Yeah, let's talk cities.
1: Should we start with Kyoto or Osaka? I would say
0: Kyoto, because from this perspective of traveling, uh, I think Kyoto is going to be the number one place.
1: Sure. Okay. So, Kyoto is a bit northeast of Osaka. and It's not on the ocean. Right. It's a it's landlocked not. city. Yep, it is inland. And Kyoto is known for culture and the arts and the history of Japan. Because as we mentioned, over a thousand years as the capital, that's quite a bit of time to pick up some history. Yeah. I mean, most civilizations
0: don't even last a millennium, but to have a, a stable capital for a thousand years is incredible.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I love Kyoto because I mean, of the history and just the feel. Like everybody is there to kind of experience that piece of the culture. You'll see a lot of people walking around in kimono, which is uncommon in most big cities in Japan. There are also going to be a ton of temples and shrines. Way too many to list. Right, right. Thousands, literally thousands of temples in Kyoto. We're going to have to do a whole episode on Kyoto for sure. There's many festivals. Depending on what time of
0: the year you are, there's probably something going on. Um, the Fushimi Sake District, they have mm-hmm. many uh, distilleries, something yeah. that you can uh, tour
1: or sample at. Um, one of my favorite parts of Kyoto is on the west side, there's an area called Arashiyama. There's a famous bamboo grove there which is beautiful, really fun to walk through. Yeah, it is amazing and I've seen I've I've had to
0: have seen a thousand pictures of that place. Everyone comes there to take pictures because it just looks so cool.
1: yeah, famous all over the world. Um, just across this also famous bridge over there, there's a uh, a little mountain, but there's a, a monkey park on top of this mountain that we went to. You can feed the monkeys, walk around with them. pretty cool place, yeah. Yeah, there were lots of monkeys around. Yeah. In Arashiyama, you're going to find a lot of street food, too. I remember buying some delicious fried chicken, some little matcha cake. Yeah, lots of good food. Yeah, and it is a touristy place. There are going to be a lot of people. I would recommend getting there early if you want to visit. But a lot of cool stuff to see there. Anything else about Kyoto? Yeah, I mean, they've got the
0: old Imperial Palace there. They've got Nijo Castle, which was the castle of the... uh, Tokugawas before they moved to Edo. If you're looking for like traditional Japanese theater or geishas or tea ceremony, Kyoto is going to be a good place to find all of those things. Yep. And I just wanted to mention it's kind of an interesting city because you arrive in the city usually through the train and it's this modern, brand new underground train station and you get up and you're in downtown Kyoto. Which is an interesting mix of like modern Japanese city and traditional Japanese culture. But it almost seems like a little crowded and it's not quite maybe what you expect. But once you get out a little bit to the edges of the town, it's just beautiful. And there's shrines and temples and gardens and rivers. And it's just a really interesting city with so much to see and do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Geographically, it's cool. I mean, Kyoto is kind of in a valley and yeah, in, in the middle of it, it is a lot like, I mean, it feels like a big city, but all the way around it, basically it's surrounded by mountains and forests. And that's where a lot of those shrines and temples are nestled in there and just really beautiful natural settings. Yeah. So for the tourist stuff, you've got to
0: get out a little bit from the city center. Also want to mention the Philosopher's Walk which we did last time we were there. Mm -hmm. It's this really cool path kind of on the outskirts of the city that takes you by multiple temples and shrines, and you walk along a little canal. Um, We saw a bunch of
1: cats.
0: (laughs) It was just a really nice walk. It took us the better part of a day, but we saw so much stuff. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And that's, I mean, that's what Kyoto is. Just keep seeing more and more cool stuff.
1: Yeah, every corner you turn, you're going to find some new, really cool thing to see. Anything else about Kyoto? That's all I got.
0: So what other city dominates
1: the Kansai region? So the other big city that people love to visit in the Kansai region is a place called Osaka. And Osaka is known for food. Food is big. Osaka has a lot of local foods that have, I mean, they have spread around to the rest of Japan by now, but a lot of people still think that Osaka has the best versions of these. You're going to get the best okonomiyaki in Osaka. Takoyaki is also big. We'll talk about those in our food episode. But, uh, I mean, just a lot of good food in Osaka. I recommend asking somebody at your hotel for recommendations.
0: Yeah, Osaka's got many museums. And theaters, mm-hmm. um, plenty of shopping and dining. Being such a big city, Osaka Castle is one of the more famous castles in Japan.
1: Yeah, that was one of my favorite things to do in Osaka. The inside is a museum now. They talk all about the history of the castle. Yeah, I really it, enjoyed that too. Yeah, they talk about how it relates to the history of you know Japan as a whole and. Uh, This is a really cool example of Japanese castle architecture. Really pretty place. They've got
0: the whole castle grounds, they've got the moat, they've got the other build, the lookout towers and the other buildings, like the whole complex that you can tour through. You know,
1: I still remember walking towards the castle from the train station and just that first glimpse you get of it, like it's it's really tiny, really far away, but you're just like, oh, that place looks cool. And then the closer you get, the excitement builds. And it's just like, oh, this place looks so amazing. Yeah. That was the first castle I saw in Japan. So, Same here. Yeah. The all white
0: outside with the big golden uh, carp, I think it is, on the peak of the
1: roof. Yeah, and it has like a green roof. Just the contrast. Striking. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for shopping and uh, kind of nightlife, food, Dotonbori is a popular place. There's a canal that runs through uh, part of Osaka, and it's basically on both sides of the canal, just walls of stores and restaurants. And I mean, they have these giant sculptures of like different types of uh, food animals. (laughs) So you're walking down Dotonbori and you look up and there's like this huge 10 foot across crab and it's moving its legs around. And then you look on the other side of the street and there's this giant puffer fish and its tail is, you know, wagging back and forth. It's a it's a fun place. A lot of lights, a lot of kind of glitz and glam, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I only spent a couple days in Osaka, but it like immediately became one of my favorite cities in Japan. I don't know if it's maybe somehow relates to like the working man culture or something, but like it just struck me as like this is just a cool place to hang out everyone's kind of chill and it was just a good time
1: yeah yeah I did get the sense that it was kind of more casual and just kind of a fun loving place more than Tokyo Osaka also has a Universal Studios that includes the Wizarding World of Harry Potter if you're into that kind of thing that would be cool I'd like to visit that the Harry Potter rides in LA were pretty cool I haven't been there either I just finished all the Harry Potter books not too long ago, so I'm kind of, I want to check out one of those theme parks. That sounds pretty fun. Um, Osaka also has a Cup Noodle Museum. Did you know that? No. Yeah. We went to the one in Yokohama, but they're actually both branches of the same museum. Like I saw some pictures. They oh, look really? pretty similar. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. Um, there's also a big aquarium, one of the world's largest aquariums actually in Osaka called the Kaiyukan.
0: There's a Ferris wheel right next to that, too, that gives you some cool views of uh, the bay. Nice. Yeah, it's right on the oceanfront. Nice place. Awesome. Jason, if you wanted to go chill with some deer, where would you go in Japan?
1: Miyajima. Oh, wait, that's not what you're going for. My bad. <laughs> there, there are multiple places in Japan where you can hang out with some super cool, chill deer. That's kind of awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, Japan has a very different relationship with animals in general than we do in the U.S., for better or worse. I mean, there's, there's some debatable yeah. stuff about that. But the city you were getting at is a place called Nara, Japan, which in the West is probably most known for those deer. They're kind of a big deal. Um, so this this Nara, just to give you an idea of where it is, it's just east of Osaka. And you might recall at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that it was the capital of Japan in the 700s. So it's also known as the ancient capital of Japan. So on the east side of the city, there's a place called Nara Park, where you're going to find a ton of deer. I mean, they're everywhere. And I mean, they're not giant deer like they're not the same species, I believe, as most of the ones you see in uh, the U.S., right? Different species? I would assume so. Yeah. And deer have been sacred animals in Nara for a very long time. They're kind of messengers from the gods. So, you know, they were protected. People like to feed them. And over time, they multiplied. And uh, now they're a ton of them. And they're very used to being around people. You can buy little packs of crackers, rice crackers, to feed to the deer. The deer are not shy about it. They aren't. And, you know, you'll... just like bully you if you don't know how to stand up to them. Now, Paul, we don't want to make generalizations about deer, all right? We don't want the deer making generalizations about humans. Some of these deer can be rude. They will headbutt you once in a while. But a lot of these deer are also very polite. And actually, over time... As you may know, bowing is a big part of Japanese culture, and a lot of Japanese tourists, when they visit Nara and hang out with these deer, they will bow to the deer, and then they will feed them a cracker. So these deer have learned to bow back. <laughs> like, they've basically been trained to bow for crackers. Yeah, that is really cool So to see. cool. So if you walk up to a deer, you bow, they bow, you give them a cracker and say, nice, deer. And if they try to headbutt you, you say, "Bad deer, you don't get this cracker. <laughs> not for you." If you hide
0: your food, they generally leave you alone. If you let them know that you're feeding them and they can't push you around, they'll they'll back off a little bit. Yeah, I saw them get a little little pushy with a couple people. Yeah, they nothing too bad. They can.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not likely to get injured or anything. Yeah. There's this deer all over this park. It's really cool. Yeah, just be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> that's that's all I'll say about about that. Yeah,
0: I did see a couple deer uh each other having a little scuffle.
1: Yeah. But deer, I mean, that's not the only thing there is to see in Nara, of course. We don't want to reduce this whole city just to some some friendly deer. Yeah. Um at Nara Park, there's also Todaiji. Yeah, there I mean there are a bunch of temples and shrines back in the park. Todaiji is one of the big ones. Um there's a Daibutsu, giant Buddha inside. Todaiji, and this is a pretty old temple. It was founded in the 8th century. Yeah.
0: The Daibutsu is 15 meters tall, and it's in a building called the Daibutsu Den, which is the largest wooden building in the world.
1: You know, I actually, I I had been reciting that fact for a while, but I actually read that it has been surpassed, the the, largest wooden building. They just built a new wooden building somewhere? I think it might have even been back in like 98 or something that it was dethroned as the biggest wooden building. But still, it's impressive. Yeah, it is. It is is a big building.
0: It is. There's other giant statues in there too, not just the Buddha. Yep. And then in uh, Nara, there's just countless old temples and shrines, uh, many of them dating back to when it was the ancient capital or even before.
1: Yeah. There's one specific one I want to mention. It's called Kasuga Taisha. And it's just a really, really pretty shrine. It's hidden back in the woods. There are a lot of walking paths around it that go through the woods. And, you know, if you go walking, it's kind of crazy how remote it feels, even though you're in this, you know, decent sized city, you can be walking along these paths and you're just surrounded by greenery. And then all of a sudden you'll see a deer walk across the path. I even saw some wild boars running across the path when I was walking back there. Oh, wow. Just a magical place. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Are we done with Nara? I think that sums up Nara pretty well. All right. Let's go a little bit west of Osaka now to a place called Kobe. Now, you've probably heard of Kobe because it is the home of Kobe beef, the most delicious beef in the world. Uh, But there's other stuff to do in Kobe. So Kobe is a port city. And actually, it was also one of the first ports To open to foreign trade at the same time that Yokohama opened, which we talked about in our last episode. Yeah, I think there were some like four or five ports throughout Japan
0: that got opened, and Yokohama and Kobe were both on that list.
1: Yep. So it is still a port city, a pretty important one. What are some other things you can find in Kobe, Paul? Mini sake breweries. Yep, more sake.
0: Akashi Kaikyo Bridge is the longest suspension bridge in the world. Cool. At almost four kilometers long. it's a pretty long bridge. That's a long bridge. There'll probably be a bigger one in China in like 10 years or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see.
0: But that sounds impressive.
1: Yeah. Um, There's also, I believe it's kind of on the edge of Kobe, there's a famous onsen town called Arima Onsen. And it is known as one of Japan's oldest and best onsen towns. We should probably mention what an onsen is. It's a hot spring bath. So these kinds of towns, there are a lot of resort towns around Japan that have all all these baths. A lot of times just open air baths in nature where you can hang out in uh, basically a big outdoor hot tub. Yeah, you go stay at an onsen. It's often a hotel that has
0: hot springs and they serve food for you. And we'll talk about it more in our hotels episode.
1: Is that it for Kobe?
0: Um, Kobe is known as an attractive city um, with its architecture and the way it's put together. There's actually something called the Shin Kobe Ropeway, which is a short walk from Kobe Station. And it's a gondola type thing that takes you up a mountain. And you pass a waterfall and an herb garden. And you get to the top of the mountain and there's really good overlooks of Kobe and then Osaka on the other side you can see. Um, so that seems like kind of a really cool, cool day trip if you enjoy scenery and urban scenery too.
1: Yeah, sounds pretty. Is that it for Kobe?
0: Um, also in Kobe is a little residential area called Kitano, which is famous because it's the former residential area. For the foreign merchants when the port was opened up in the 1850s. Okay. So you can see some old like German Western style houses.
1: Nice. That's always fun. Kind of seeing, you know, marks that other cultures have left on Japan. Yeah. You're in the middle of Kobe
0: and all of a sudden you pop into this neighborhood and you see like a German style house. and <laughs> it, It's kind of, it's kind of cool. Yeah. That's all I got for Kobe.
1: All right. Let's move a bit further west past Kobe and get to a place called Himeji. And the big thing that Himeji is known for is their castle, known as the most beautiful castle in Japan. And it is pretty beautiful. Paul, you and I went there, right? Yeah, I mean, beautiful
0: enough that it was the background picture on my phone for like three years.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's also the most visited castle in Japan. So if you want to see the best castle... This is where you want to go. Uh, There's also a garden called Kokoen right next to the castle, which is also pretty famous.
0: Yeah. Apparently that is nine different Edo period style walled gardens. So you can kind of walk through and see all these different style gardens. Sounds like a really cool place.
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, There are also plenty of temples, museums. There's an aquarium. Most big cities in Japan, I feel like, have an aquarium, which makes sense because it's an island country. Yeah. (laughs) I also
0: think we should mention um, there's a temple, uh, Mount Shosha, which was featured in The Last Samurai. Mm. And apparently, uh, Himeji, just because it's got like this old time feel and look, it's used in a lot of movies in the modern days that take place in old time Japan. Mm. Um, So there's uh, some film film museums and stuff like that around um, if you're into
1: movies. Well... I would recommend Meiji even if only for the castle. Like we just stopped there for a few hours just to get a tour of the castle and it was worth it, I think. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. All right, so another place I wanted to talk about is a bit south of Osaka. And a lot of the area kind of south and southeast of Osaka has a lot of uh, of nature. Got a lot of woods, national parks, that kind of thing down there. And uh, there's this little town on top of a mountain called Koyasan. So Koyasan is actually the name of the town and the name of the mountain, I believe. Mount Koya, Koyasan. They put san at the end of names of mountains, like Mount Fuji, you've probably heard of. That's often called Fujisan.
0: That's how I think of Mount Fuji. I've heard Fujisan so many times that I think of Mount Fuji as Fujisan in my head.
1: Yeah. So Koyasan is a pretty cool place. What it is known for is Buddhist temples. They're all over this this town of Koyasan. And the special thing about these specific temples is that you can stay there. You can actually spend a night in these Buddhist temples. You can hang out with the monks. You can pray with them in the morning. There's this really beautiful looking cemetery, kind of down at the end of the road by these temples, where they do like little tours especially at night where they're lit up by these lanterns. Oh, it just looks ethereal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's over 50 temples that offer the lodging experience. Mm-hmm. That comes with the temple food, the vegetarian course they serve in the Buddhist temples, and then you get to do the morning prayers and all that.
1: Yep. Also, a lot of good hiking in the area, being on a mountain there generally is. Mm-hmm. And I will be staying at a temple in Koyasan on my next trip, so I will make sure to report back and give you more details on what that's like. Nice. There are a few more cities worth mentioning in Kansai. There's one east of Osaka on the Shima Peninsula. It's it's basically east and a little bit south of Osaka, kind of in, in the area I was talking about with more nature, natural parks. And this place is called Ise. Ise is home to Japan's most sacred Shinto shrines, the Ise Shrines. And it's also located in Ise Shima National Park. So a lot of nature too, a lot of cool hiking. But a place I wanted to talk about, which is dear to my heart, is called Uji. Uji is a city south of Kyoto. And there are a couple really cool things in Uji. One of them is a place called Byodoin Temple. And this is a temple that dates back to the 10th century. And if you happen to have a 10 yen coin, look on there, there's a little picture of byodo Temple. So pretty significant for it to be on their money. And Uji is also known for green tea. Uh, it's one of the first places that tea was grown in Japan. And it's still known as having like the highest quality tea. It's the best climate uh, to grow green tea. And... There, there are a few temples where on the approach to the temple, and I mean, this is common at temples around Japan, temples and shrines. There'll be a road leading up to the temple or shrine where there are a bunch of little shops selling all sorts of souvenirs, food, whatever. And the ones in Uji have a lot of green tea goods.
0: Which is kind of cool because a lot of those tourist places sell the same thing. Like, going up to every temple, everywhere, you see a lot of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. In Uji, it's different because mm-hmm. it's also green tea-centered.
1: Uh, right, right. And you, I mean, it was amazing the amount of different ideas they came up with to use green tea in interesting ways. Yeah. We had uh, some soba noodles that were made with matcha, so they're like green noodles. Yep. I remember seeing some matcha wine. I don't, yep. I don't really know how that works.
0: There was matcha ice cream, mm-hmm. all sorts of sweets.
1: Yeah, there were like pancakes. They sprinkle matcha on top of. So a lot of good stuff. If you're into tea, Uji is a good place to visit. I bought some matcha powder to bring home
0: and make ice cream tea with. That mm-hmm. was very good.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you're really into tea, there's a public tea house near Byodo-in Temple called Tai Hoan. Or you can participate in an authentic Japanese tea ceremony. Also, in the area, there are a bunch of tea plantations where you can get tours. There are places where you can grind your own matcha. You could learn everything there is to know about making tea in Japan. Yeah, if you like tea and you're interested
0: in it at all, it's a really cool place to go and totally worth it. Definitely. Plus, just seeing the Byodin Temple with the Phoenix Hall, the unofficial name,
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool-looking temple. Bright red, really big. It, it, it is really cool-looking. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I got, Paul. I'm going to let you run with it. What, what other cities you got to talk about? So
0: there's Kinosaki, which is an onsen hot spring town. And what makes this one different a little bit is a lot of the onsens have evolved to have restaurants and shopping and gift shops and all that stuff inside the resort. So there's not a lot going on in the city. But in this city, they've promoted to keeping the small businesses alive. So a lot of the onsens you stay at will promote you to go out into the city. So in the evening, you'll see a lively city with a lot of people walking around in their yukatas. Um, the traditional Japanese after-bathing robe. Um, so you walk around in your Yukata. Uh, you can stop at all sorts of shops and restaurants, um, gift shops. So it's a little bit more of like a city you can explore while still staying at a hot spring resort, which I thought looked really cool.
1: Sounds fun. A little yeah. touristy maybe, but I mean, onsen towns generally are. There's yeah, that's kind of how it's going to be. Yeah. Um, Also, Yoshino, it's the
0: most famous cherry blossom spot in all of Japan. There's 30,000 trees planted on the slopes of this mountain. And during the season when the blossoms are blooming, you can walk up the roads that lead up the mountains and just see the blooming trees everywhere around you. Um, There's also a bunch of temples and shrines, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a place called the Takeda Castle Ruins. It's the ruins of an old castle. And it's called the Castle Floating in the Sky. Because if you go there on a foggy autumn morning, it looks like it's floating on clouds. Nice. Dude. The, the castle f- itself isn't there anymore. Oh. It's just the foundation. So it's kind of cool if you're like into the history of it. Huh. But
1: only worth it if you really want to like see that cool spectacle. So you see the foundation floating on the clouds?
0: Yep. Huh.
1: I will say the fog in Japan, uh, it's just one of my favorite scenes. Like if you get into the mountains in Japan, you know, at certain times of day, you'll see fog settling into the valleys in between the mountains, and it's yeah. just such, yeah. you know, pretty landscapes.
0: I love see. getting up into the mountains in Japan. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Or anywhere. Um, The last place I'll talk about is Asuka and Sakurai. It's two cities just a little bit south of Nara. And it's sometimes called the Cradle of Japanese Civilization. Um, It's thought that the earliest capitals were all in this region. Um, So there's a whole bunch of the oldest shrines, temples, tombs, Stone monuments in Japan are almost all found in this little region. Um, and there's an archaeology museum. So if you're into archaeology or like ancient human history or the beginnings of civilization, like I am, this is probably a super cool place to visit if you want to get like the oldest possible anything you could find in Japan.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: That's so I everything. think that's all for the Kansai region.
1: All right. Well, let's just sum it all up. Why Why go to Kansai? Kansai is where you want to go if you want to know more about culture, history. You want some delicious food in Osaka.
0: The religion, the temples, the shrines. I mean, it's modern day. It's still the second most populous place in Japan. So you still have the big cities. Um, so you really get to see almost
1: everything Japan has to offer. Yep. Don't miss it. Well, looks like that's it for today. If you want to find us on the web, why not check out our social media? We got Instagram at SJP podcast. And if you want to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be super helpful. Pretty new podcast. Nice to try to get the word out. Uh, And Paul, what's going on for next week? So now you know how to plan your trip to Japan. Now you know where you want to
0: go in Japan and what you want to see and do. So the next episode, we're going to be talking about airports, because it's the first part of Japan that you're going to experience.
1: Yeah, we're going to cover the history of the airports, which is a little messy, you could say. Yeah, there's definitely some history there. Yeah, so look forward to that, and uh, today we're going to leave you with a little clip of the sounds of Nara, Japan. We mentioned this earlier. This is a place where you can hang out with all those cool deer. So at the very beginning of this clip, you're actually gonna hear one of those deer. they they make noises. <laughs> so uh, enjoy that, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> yes, that was a deer that was so nice.